You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Lisa Wysocki. I'm in Pleasant View, Tennessee, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 17th, episode 3226. Good morning, Horse World. Well, good morning, Lisa. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, uh, Jamie is off. She's doing a clinic or training some horses or something in Colorado. It's uh, a ranch where she sent Zeus and I think another horse. And she's heading over there to train some of their other horses. And I think she just was going to go trail riding in the mountains. But uh, she was so (laughs) excited to see Zeus. So next week we'll hear a a report on how Zeus is doing and whether he's still escaping everything in sight. Well. We'll find, I cannot wait to hear. <laughs> we'll find that out next week. So thanks for filling in. Appreciate it. We have a jam-packed show. We have three guests for you today. Auditor Chantel is going to join us to talk about the the. Uh, she's basically on her way home from from Briarfest. She was there with her ten year old daughter for the first time, and she's going to talk about the Great Sophia and Mom road trip. Uh, she's going to give us an update on that as she's driving home. We have Donaldson Brown, author of Because I Loved You. She's going to join us to talk about the Equus Effect and her book about love and family, ambition and horses, and the impact of war. Finally, our My Right Horse, this is very difficult for me to say. Finally, our My Right Horse Adoptable Horse of the Week is a (laughs) paint gelding named Sammy Joe. We're going to talk about Sammy Joe at the end of the show. And then in the Auditor Post Show, I put a question up for the auditors. I said, what's the... You know, what's the dumbest uh, question that you've got from non-horse people? So we're, there were a lot of those. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> some of them I've never heard before. So, so we'll discuss that in the post-show for auditors. In the meantime, Funnyside passed away. Oh. Of course, Funnyside was the 2003 Kentucky and Preakness winner and then lost, uh, just lost the Triple Crown in the Belmont. Um, but he apparently died at the age of 23. He colicked and, and, uh, he was at the Kentucky Horse Park in Lexington where he'd spent, you know, his final years in retirement. He was a gelding. So they basically retired him to Kentucky uh, Horse Park to be a, you know, to basically be an ambassador and, and one of their stars. Uh, I remember seeing him there. Yeah. I remember seeing him. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. And I know thousands of people have met him over the years. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and he was he was a favorite too. Uh, with with people, he he kind of took everybody's heart when he came with twelve to one odds and won the Kentucky Derby, and then came back and he won by uh, he beat uh, uh, what was Empire it Empire Maker? Yeah, and the Preakness he won by almost ten lengths, which was oh, wow. why it was a great surprise in the Belmont. I guess he was just a you know a shorter he ran shorter races really well and then in the belmont he came in third um so 
you know, he he was a, he was popular with the people. He had 11 wins and 38 races and a career earnings of three and a half million dollars before he was retired to the Kentucky Horse Park and their and their Hall of Champions. Wow. So our best to, to Funny Side and and all the connections there and to the Kentucky Horse Park. They take really good care of the champions that are there. Oh, they uh, do. They take good care of all of their horses. They do, and yeah. a lot of them are buried right there too when they pass away right yeah. in front of the Hall of Champions. So I don't know if that's going to happen here. Uh, we'll let you know when we find that out. Uh, and I think that's it. Let's do some daily winnies. We have some auditor birthdays today. Elizabeth York and Summer Flynn, Michelle Barr, and horse husband Ray Watts. Ray did a cruise with us. Ray also helped us paint our house. Uh, they really? were on vacation from California and stopped by and spent a whole day painting with us. <laughs> what and, a vacation. I know. And Ray was a champion because he's about six foot four. And so he didn't need a ladder to get to the top of the walls. He cut in the top oh, of the, all the walls because he didn't need a ladder. So, <laughs> Wow. It's nice to have a super tall guy when you're painting. Absolutely. So thanks, Ray. We appreciate it. He's a good guy. Yes. So, Glenn, my daily Wendy goes to Arlene Glavis. Uh, she's a friend of mine. And um, as we were talking just before the show, I still do not have fiber, but my neighbors are getting it on Wednesday. So we have to be oh, like very be close. close. <laughs> I have to be so close. Anyway, I'm over at Arlene's house uh, using her, her internet, but she's not even home. So. <laughs> So, uh, you know, just to friends everywhere, to Arlene and to friends everywhere for, for helping people out in a bind. And, and uh, I just, I, I'm so indebted to her. <laughs> well, I am too. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for letting Lisa camp out at your house. Hopefully exactly. for the last time. They ran the wires, right? It's They ran the wires. They've hooked us up. The box is there. But should just the be turning called. it on. All they have to do, I think, is flip a switch. And so the neighbors called me like yesterday and said, we're getting fiber on Wednesday. And Glenn, I'm not a jealous person, but I can't tell you <laughs> the rage and jealousy that flew through my body. <laughs> You've been suffering out there. You would have no cell service for the most part. Um, no. I, I remember not having much cell service where you are. And no. you've had no internet. I, I mean, you really have no. had nothing. For nothing. How many years have you been there? Seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I'm super jealous of the neighbors, and when, as soon as we get done here, I have to call about the fiber and, like, when is our turn? All these people that live in towns, you know, take it for granted. And, Do. you know, us horse people, we don't take it for granted because if no. you live on a farm, you know, when we were looking at places around here uh, before we bought this house, that was the factor. Did, did it oh, have it high-speed internet or we couldn't do our jobs, right? So, right. And that right, rules yeah. out a ton of farms because in Ocala, they're terrible. They get, you get right outside of town, there's no internet. Yeah. yeah. I think that's true of a lot of places. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to fix that, but I think that's going to be 10 years. <laughs> it will be. It will be. But hopefully not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then hopefully if you live I... on a farm, you usually live set, your house is set back from the road. So they yes. charge you to come back. The, they don't. To your, they don't? For, for us, they're not charging us. I got some kind of grant from the federal government, so they're uh, not charging us for hookup. Because you know, normally that's our thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. Our yeah. driveway is 800 feet long. And I'm sure we have listeners who have driveways who are you know half a mile or more long. Yeah, oh yeah, we did so, when we, our first farm was almost a mile. Yeah, 
It would have cost a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm being real selfish and hoping that we get hooked up. <laughs> well, I am really hoping. Soon. I'm hoping you get hooked up too. <laughs> hey, before we get to our first guest, we're going to be talking about Briarfest, which happened over the weekend at the Kentucky Horse Park, and uh, apparently it was quite a hit. I saw a lot of pictures from various people. Uh, a lot of people were there, and some some people that we've had on the show were over there doing demonstrations and showing off their horses and. Um, remember, we had the woman on the show a while back who painted on horseback. She did demonstrations there. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. As a matter of fact, I have an update on her on Wednesday. She said okay. she was putting a course together on how to teach your horse to paint. So uh, she has that done and has it available for everybody. And I'll I'll I'll, I'll find the link and, and get all the information out to everybody on Wednesday. Because uh, yeah. that's something I think Scooter could do. I want to teach Scooter to do it. Oh, I'm sure Scooter could do that. Yeah, I'm sure he would he's love very that. artistic. Oh, he would love that. You know, having yeah. a paintbrush in his mouth, splashing it everywhere, <laughs> that would be his highlight of the day. But speaking yeah. of ponies, um, Briar, the whole Briar thing is a little beyond me because I'm a horse husband, right? I didn't grow up with right. Briars. Jennifer grew up with Briars, and she even painted a couple custom Briars that we sold at our tax shop over the years. Oh, wow. Um, but I just don't get the whole spending tons of money at auctions for Briars. So they auction, they have an auction every year where they sell off some rare and collectible briars. And do you want to hear what the top ones went I for do. this year? I do. I'm, I'm almost afraid to hear, Glenn. Mm, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> so a hunter pony Pegasus, a glossy metallic blue Avero Pegasus pony, which is looks like, you know, a, a painted pony with Pegasus wings right? Uh, in a jumping position. Starting price? $250 sold for 23000 Holy moly. Really? 23000 We could build a barn on our new property for 23000 for real horses. <laughs> I didn't pay that much for my truck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I don't. Wow. Who has this money that they're doing this for Briars? Uh, lot number nine, the Walking Frisian. By the way, if you watch Game of Thrones or any other period uh, show, you're going to see a lot of Frisians, and they're never walking. Um, they're always no. full gallop, you know? Yeah. Um, walking Frisian, glossy, pearly, reverse, dapple, blue roan. That's a long title. It's basically a gray, dapple Frisian, which you don't see too often. <laughs> well, I was going to say, aren't most Frisians black? I yeah. Mean, don't you have In the to movies, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that one sold for 16000 Um, Alice, 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 amazing. I don't know. It's a glossy dapple Palomino who's very popular apparently because this glossy dapple Palomino who, who of course has a white mane and you know, it's very fluffy, uh, 18,000. Oh, wow. A German riding pony, which are pretty common now, right? Because German riding ponies are very popular now though, though. So this is a bright chestnut Sabino. Uh, adorable German riding pony, 15000 That's about what they cost <laughs> for the horse. <laughs> so, so, Glenn, are people buying these for investments? Do they expect to make money on these or why? I don't know. If anybody knows anybody that has spent a lot of money on one of these, we want them on the show because we're going to ask that I question. Would love, yes. I would love to know. I don't know anybody that spent this kind of money. Everybody listening to this show right now would buy a horse if they had this kind of money. 
you or would think so. pay the vet bill on the one they currently or, have. Or a horse trailer. <laughs> yes. Or, hey. you know, hey, yeah, <laughs> right. there you go, hey. Right, which would be about $15,000 right now. Yeah. Uh, Mustang Stallion, Fireheart, a buckskin frame overo. So this one went for 17000 Wow. Pretty, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not that pretty. Uh, Not that pretty. Roy the Belgian. And you know I love draft horses. Yeah. Silver Bay Tabiano. A vintage mold with stunning new colors for $14,000. So so here's the other thing. So going back to the Frisian, that's this reverse blue roan, and and this Belgian who is a paint color. Yes, I know. Aren't, aren't Belgians kind of like, you know, yeah. light swirl with flaxen? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, maybe that's why they – maybe the – Maybe they screwed up the molds, and that's why these are so expensive. They're rare. Or maybe know. maybe they do it on purpose I, to maybe. make it unique. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a briar expert, even though we've had them on the show several times over the years. Yeah. And I've, I even went to their offices the one day, and we went to Briar Fest. You've been there yet? I have not, and I want to go Oh, you so need to badly. go. It's an experience. I, I really do. <laughs> it's yeah, truly no, an I want experience. to go. And, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just the, the wrong time of year for me. Yeah, it's an experience. Trust me. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's worth going once. And I think even Jennifer would agree with that. We went, yeah. we were invited to go when we lived in Lexington. So it's been a long time, 10 right. years probably since we've been there. And they invited us to come over and do the show. And we recorded a bunch of interviews there. Um, but the briar people are, are rabid. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're addicted to their briars. It's, it's quite an experience. It really is. And I asked the briar if they had any, briar people, if they have any idea how many of, of the people who collect briars are actually horse people. And I think it was like 60 or 70% were not horse, did not own a horse. Really? Yeah, they're briar people. They're, there's That's... two different groups. You know, horse people like you and Jamie and Jennifer who have some briars right. that they collected right. over time uh, yeah. when they were kids mostly. And then, you know, maybe I've kept up with one or two since then. And then there's the rabid briar people who don't have real horses. And so you wonder if those people don't also collect like Barbies or something, that that they have all these other collectibles. That's a good question. How many are just collectible people? Yeah. You know, who also collect spoons from every place they go. You know, Exactly. I, yeah, I yes. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have anything that you collect from your travels? No. No, we don't really either. Not, no. No, no. I, um, I, for a while, was collecting chess sets. The problem with chess sets and collecting them, it's easy, it was easier with eBay to find. Uh, I, I like unusual, very unusual chess sets. Right. So I have a couple one of the kinds, too. And That's the, pro- cool. the problem is the ones I ended up buying are huge. So I have no place to put them in this house. So they're yeah. in boxes. You know, they're yeah. sitting in boxes right now. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, you've seen my house. I mean, I live in a tiny house, yeah. so it's hard yeah. to I don't know where you would collect anything, actually. I don't know. <laughs> I have to hang it from the ceiling. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk more about Briarfest with somebody who was there over the weekend, one of our terrific auditors, has been an auditor for a long time. And I think it's her 10-year-old, 10-year-old daughter, Sophia. But first, Cosequin ASU joint and hoof pellets contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers, molasses, and alfalfa, all while delivering the taste horses love. The colors of our ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. That's CosequinEquine.com. Chantel, thanks for joining us today on your drive home, your long drive home. How many hours is it? Um, this one is about 19 hours oh with God. no stops. Where do you so live, Alaska? Stops, 
Nandan, North Dakota. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's almost Alaska. <laughs> so this was your first time at Briarfest. What were what were your what were your overall impressions of this event? It was awesome. It was way more than just model horses. Um, there was just so many great things to do and to see. There were awesome things going on in the arena. We stopped at the Clarion Hotel one night, which I didn't realize Briar also had things set up there, such as competitions for dioramas and artists. Um, so we saw those things. There were other things at the Kentucky Horse Park going on as well. It was just, I didn't know what to expect going in, but it was way more than I ever thought it would be. And was this something you did because Sophia's a briar person? No, she actually, I bought her her first briar in, at Christmas this year um, because she's always kind of been into horses, I think, as a proxy of me being so obsessed. Um, and I thought, well, you know what? Heck, it's 50% off. I'll get her this really nice briar. And she loves, she ended up really loving the model. So I thought, well, Briarfest sounds cool. She's old enough to where we could do a fun road trip together. This sounds like fun. Why not do it? <laughs> and we're going to talk to her in a minute to find out what she thought of this uh, crazy road trip. But your your pictures were great. I've followed your pictures all weekend. But you, I know one of the things you were shocked at is just how crazy people go buying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were people with those big collapsible wagons. Um, and we saw people with pulling a wagon in each hand and these wagons were stacked, um, four feet high. <laughs> I bet you they had thousands of dollars worth of briars in each wagon. Now, did you find that a lot of these people, I don't know if you got to talk to any of them, but we were just talking about briar, I think told us that 60 or 70% of the briar people are not horse people. They don't own a horse. Is that what, was that what you found? Um, we didn't talk to a whole bunch of people. The people that we did speak with were also a lot of just for fun. Um, there were a few people at our hotel that we spoke with that do the briar thing because for some reason they can't either ride or it's just not quite in their realm of ability. We did see a lot of people with disabilities that were in power chairs. Um, and it was very accessible which I want to say too, was really cool to see the amount of diversity that were the people that were there. Oh, that's um, cool. And that's something you work with every day, really right? Cool. I mean, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, as I'm an, as an educator, I work with um, students that are non-English speaking. I do have some students with disabilities, but not quite as much, but that too, we heard people speaking multiple different languages and it was, it was really diverse. It was really cool. And everyone was so kind. <laughs> I would agree. When we went, it w I was shocked. I was shocked at the number of people there, one. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they, just how long they will stand in line to buy a briar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. It was crazy. Now, they also have a bunch of demonstrations, and some of those people have been on the show with us over the years. Um, like the lady who does the painting, you know, on horseback. She was just on the show not long ago. Um, what was your favorite demonstration or thing you saw like that? The beer tolt. Oh, really? That was my favorite. <laughs> I loved it. Um, my Explain mom and I that. went to Iceland last fall, and I didn't realize how big Icelandic culture is actually in North Dakota um, until we went to Iceland and I had zero culture shock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> 
seeing the beer told was really fun because they didn't use they didn't use beer in the mugs. They put colored water in there, so it was really easy to see. Um, and it was just so fun to watch. Everyone was giggling and clapping well, and kind of, yelling for the, for the riders. For those that don't know what that is, kind of explain it. Okay, a beer told is when you are on an Icelandic course, and each rider has a mug, a full size beer mug. Um, that is filled with either beer or in this case, it was colored water. And there's someone calling out different paces for them to do and different things like change directions in the arena, slow tolts down the short side, long tolt, canter, um, put your beer mug on your helmet and ride around with it on your head. Um, different things like that. <laughs> and it was just so fun to watch. And everyone in these stands was getting super into it. The second the Icelandic horses came out, the stands were packed. I, I will say that too. That's the other thing I noticed is the fans are really into the demonstrations. I mean, very vocal. Yeah. And it was, it was all positive. Yeah, it was which good. It was also yeah. super fun. Yeah. It was just, it was a great experience all around. They're just so excited to see these horses, some that they've collected, right? Um, but they're yeah. just so excited. I ended up buying the Icelandic stallion model because he was there <laughs> and I actually had his owner rider sign it for me. <laughs> so you're one of them really now. <laughs> I am. I've, I love Icelandics. I love ponies. I'm too short to ride full-sized horses. So You're an official briar girl now. You have a signature I on know. a briar. <laughs> I know. I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> you were also pretty impressed with the Kentucky Horse Park, too. Yeah. I mean, I've wanted to, being a lifelong horse crazy person, going to Kentucky has always been a dream. And I finally knocked that off the bucket list. Um, that was huge. I didn't realize how huge it is, but we went to the museum. We went and saw as many of the statues as we could within walking distance. But even just from where Briarfest was held, the drive to the Alltech Arena, yeah. I was like, oh my God, this place is gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, during I remember, because during the World of Question Games in 2010, we had to walk all of that 10 times a day. It was, it was not fun. Yes. <laughs> and the Alltech Arena is amazing, too. I mean, it's just a... It's, oh, it's so cool. It's pretty cool. So, uh, when, one takeaway, your favorite part? Ooh. The whole thing? The whole experience? Ooh. I'd have to say either how nice everybody was and the artists. Mm. The dioramas and the artists were amazing. Now, I could see those selling for big bucks as opposed to just the model that, you know, is for some reason. Oh, rare. my God. <laughs> I know. We So with our tickets, we got um, reservation tickets for the special run models. And you can only get those if you go to Briarfest. Ah. And I guess that the glossy ones that are really, really shiny are very coveted. And we got a glossy of one of the special run models. And as we were walking, Sophie and I were talking about it. And somebody heard us saying, oh, you got the glossy of this model? And I was like, yeah, I'll give you 450 bucks right now. Do you have it on you? And I was like, uh, no, it's at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> you would have sold it though, wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't know. I was just so taken aback. I was like, um, I don't know. <laughs> we went and we went to Clarion. There was a lady too. She had a model that was from last year. She was selling it for eleven hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. 
I oh, I went, we were just I was like, oh my god, you could buy a horse for that. I know. <laughs> right. All right, let's talk to Sophia and see what she thought. Give yourself. Let's see. What Hi. Hi, Sophia. Did you have fun? Yes, I, it was very fun. Yes. What was your favorite part? Um, that's that's really hard to say. Okay, so what do you have? A couple of them. Yes, I have lots. All right. Well, give me give me one or two. Um, just getting the briars was actually um, really fun. Yeah, that you never have seen so many briars in your life, have you? There were a lot of them. <laughs> Did you like watching the demonstrations of people riding the horses? Yeah, those were great. Yeah? Did you have a favorite one of those? Um, what was that again? I, I, I forgot. <laughs> I know your mom said she liked the beer tolt, the Icelandic horses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was really cool. It was kind of funny, too. Did you get to see the girl who was painting a horse while riding? Painting? Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, it, it, the the horse the horse painting the paintings are really really cool. Yeah, they are, and it's amazing she does it while riding. I mean, it's just it's I, yeah. I couldn't do it standing still, let alone on a horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so you had a fun like time. It. You'll remember this forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, now, how many briars do you have now that you're heading home? How many briars do you own? How many briars do I have? Um, I think now you have like six that we got just at Briarfest. Oh, wow. I have six. I, yeah, I do. <laughs> You're going to have your whole room will be full of briars now. Well, yep. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Have a good trip home. Okay. Yep. All right. Bye bye. This podcast is sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition with three research-backed ration balancers to fill nutrition gaps in your horse's diet. Enrich Plus delivers a concentrated source of protein, vitamins, and minerals without unnecessary calories. Enrich Plus Senior features active age, prebiotic technology, and Outlast supplement for aging easy keepers. Omega Match is rich in omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin E, great for horses without access to green grass. Find a ration balancer for your horse at purinamills.com forward slash ration balancers or visit your local feed store. Coming up next, we have the author of Because I Loved You, which is an interesting story, and she's had an interesting life and does some interesting and very important work. And we're going to talk to Donaldson Brown next. Donaldson, welcome to Horses in the Morning. We're so excited to talk to you. Thank you, Lisa. I'm really excited to be here. You know, I uh, am an author, too, and we're so excited to talk to you about your book, Because I Loved You. But I want to talk just for a minute about uh, the Equus Effect and your uh, experiential learning uh, with horses and people and all of that. Just explain a little about that and maybe how it's different from some other programs. Sure. Happy to. I'm always happy to talk about the Equus Effect. Um, yeah, we're um, an organization that uh, works with, the primary mission was to work working with veterans. Um, and during the pandemic, when the VA really shut down all programs, we branched out and began working with first responders and also people in recovery, um, which has been great. And we don't do riding. Um, it's really experiential learning with horses, as you mentioned. And we also include a didactic component, um, which is 
based a lot on the work of Linda Kohanov at PanaQuest and Carla McLaren, if you're familiar with them. So for our program, people would sign up to come once a week. This is the typical way it works, once a week for four or five weeks. And we start off with somatic experiencing work to get people to um, begin to build up their you know, interoception, how to recognize the sensations um, in our body. And, um, and because we believe in, as do many neurologists and uh, neurobiologists, that uh, trauma and experiences of trauma get stored in our body. So we work with, we teach ex- exercises to help kind of metabolize or resolve that and then restore really resilience. So the work with the horses, we do flat work. We teach real horsemanship skills uh, based a lot on the work of Buck Brannaman, who you might be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. And we... And we do a lot of stuff that's fun. So we we do, uh, you know, we end up really doing, you know, liberty work in a round pen. Um, and it's incredibly um, uh, exciting and meaningful to see people who often usually know nothing about horses, have never worked with horses. Um, often there's some fear involved and we talk about why we work with horses who are prey animals. And then at the end, they're you know, raising up their energy and doing liberty work in a round pen with a thousand pound animal who will then come in and join up with them. And um, it's uh, just, it's, it's really beautiful work. It, it so. is, it is. And, and, you know, as a therapeutic riding instructor, we do some of that. And I know thousands of, of listeners, you know, are, are familiar with having seen that and it is really amazing. Now, does any of that tie into your, your novel, Because I Loved You? You know, it, it's a good question, and and the answer is yes, and um, and not all of it was really conscious. Um, I I also am a yoga and meditation instructor, and I did train with the Veterans Yoga Project in 2015 to teach trauma sensitive yoga. So when I found out about the Equus Effect, just to digress for a second, I was just thrilled to be able to combine my love of horses and my experience with horses with also working with help trying to help people, you know, resolve trauma. Um, and then as a, um, as, as a girl, I'm the youngest in a family, uh, yours, mine and ours family. And my mother first, her first husband um, and the father or the biological father of my two oldest brothers uh, was killed in the second world war. And mm-hmm. as a very young girl, I remember seeing some photos of him, and always kind of thinking about what my brothers, and then as I got a little bit older, also what my mother had lost. So um, there just I've kind of always had this um, th- this interest, and I guess you know compassion uh, for um, for the military and what people have sacrificed. So um, yeah, and and the there. war is. Go ahead. Oh, I was just—I was just going to say, war is kind of a shadow theme in the in, in the book. There are a couple of characters. One's a Vietnam veteran, and and uh, and also the mother of my main character, Lenny, is a war bride from France. Mm. Was there um, a defining moment that actually where you said, "I've got to write this book"? <laughs> um, yes, as a matter of fact, there was. Um, I was, I, I, and I wonder if you have the same experience. Um, I was a screenwriter. I, I worked in film for a number of years, and I was uh, moving out of that and getting for a number of reasons. And I wanted to keep writing, and I didn't know what I was going to write. And I was um, in a group 
just sort of a little a writer's group, you know, a little workshop. And I sat down and one day the image of this girl galloping her gray mare across the chaparral came into my mind and she just wouldn't leave. And I finally, I thought, so where, what is she running from and where is she going? And I realized there was this voice behind her yelling after her in French. Now we're in Texas, remember? And yelling after her in French, <laughs> as I thought, oh my God, who's that? And uh, and that that's how it all started. So it opens in 1972 in the you know ranching country in Texas, where I spent some time as a girl and a teenager. Um, and that's how it started. <laughs> I think that's amazing. And I think you know, anytime you get that voice in your head that just won't go away, you have to do something with it. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> now, was there anything surprising to you about the writing process? So writing, you know, screenplays is a lot different from, from writing a book. Yes, yes. And I thought at first, I was like, oh, I don't have enough words in me to write a novel. <laughs> um, but, um, and you surprised yourself, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and um I did learn a lot. Um you know, I think um at some point I thought, oh, I have to wrangle, you know, this this mess. And I not, you know, you well, you might know what I mean, you know, the characters kind of get going and I think, well, I need to uh need need to shape this and I tried to um um but I found that that just gets me in trouble. There's part of the process where I really just have to let my characters go and tell me tell the story they want to tell um and there's a point where i feel like if i try to interfere too early you know they just turn around and look at me with their hands on their hips and say would you just leave us alone um (laughs) (laughs) and then once i know the story and i wonder if this is your experience too because once i once i go oh that's the story you know and then you come back in and it's a very different part of the brain you know then you're kind of shaping it and editing and how do i communicate this to other people you know um how do i get this out of my own head and really try to communicate this so I don't know. Do you have a similar experience? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, my characters are real, and they talk to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. like what they say all the time? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what's interesting, Donaldson, is Lisa's going through the other direction now because she's written all these books, and it's being made into a TV show. So now she's dealing with screenwriters. So yeah. she's seeing it from the other side. Yes, yeah. very, very different. Well, we will be doing that if the writer's strike ever yeah. ends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she will be doing it shortly. <laughs> Maybe. We, we hope, yeah. Yeah. But, but I think well, that's really, very exciting. Yeah, I, I think those books, you know, that, that I read and, and your story just sounds um, so amazing. And, and I, I just, when I talk to the authors and, and they talk like you do where the the storyline is so compelling and the characters those are the books that stick with me when i read them you know those are the books that stick with me and that i want to revisit over and over so i'm i'm glad you had that experience yeah 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 no i feel the same way <laughs> well yeah. are you glad you're not stuck in a writer strike right now 
<laughs> I am, and I, you know, I have some friends who are, and and I don't know that there's an end in sight yet. So I, I, I hope they can. Resolve yeah, things. you got to feel bad for them because they are not. You know, when we think of. When you think of Hollywood, you think of the big stars, right, and all the money they make. And then there's, but until you watch the credits of a movie, and all those people aren't making that kind of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know all those thousands of people in the credits, right? So, um, right. you know, and mm-hmm. and each part has is critical. Without the writers, you don't have anything, and without the actors, you don't have anything. It's I, I get it, you know, and I get why it's hard. Uh, yeah. I think it's also, you know, the industry's not as um, localized as it was. You know, it's um, there are a lot of communities in the country that have really thriving film industries: Atlanta and you know, North Carolina, Canada, and Texas. So, can- and, yeah, Canada too. So, yeah. Canada's yeah, it's huge affecting now. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it's so diverse right now too. You used to have three networks. Now you have a hundred and fifty. Um, yeah. So, and they're all yeah. run differently. So it's got to be tough too, because you're walking into, used to be the environment was the same, right? So you had the networks, they all ran the show about the same. Um, well, now, you know, Netflix is running it different than HBO. So mm-hmm. you're walking into different things all the time. Did you write in anything we would know, by the way? I, I, listen, I'll be <laughs> mad if I didn't ask. So. <laughs> Yeah, and the answer is the answer is no. I, okay. I see that, that went into pre-production, and then the, the it's actually a, kind of a funny story in hindsight. But yeah, no, and then it got cold, and then oh, one so no Seinfeld. Yeah, no. Okay. I wish. Yeah, I yeah. have I not, have more horses if I, I got kind of money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. So, <laughs> where can people buy the book? Um, anywhere, actually, um, there's, um, Amazon or you can, your independent bookstore can also, um, uh, order it if they don't carry it already. Um, yeah, Barnes and Noble bookshop, any of the independent booksellers or the, the, the big Magillas like Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Very good. And it's called Because I Loved You. And it really does cover, I mean, it's from 1972 in Northeast Texas, right? Isn't that the... Yeah, it it opens there against the backdrop of the Vietnam War, and and it's definitely the characters' love of horses that bring the, that bring them together as teenagers, um, and then it picks back up in New York City in 1986, and then concludes in um, pre-pandemic current day. So it takes three three time periods. And we have to ask. And, and I have to ask you what play kind a role of dog is that your dog? I'm so sorry. no. I have to ask what kind because. When they uh, bark, corgi. we have to ask what breed. What was it? <laughs> two corgis. Oh, two okay. Corgis. That makes sense then. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That explains it all. You don't have to apologize and at I'm, all. <laughs> I know. And I'm, I'm getting a delivery. And so they're, they're <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yes. I apologize. Of course. No, deliveries always come when we're doing the show. It's, it's required. UPS knows. <laughs> Donaldson, it's great. We'll put a link to the book in our show notes. Thanks for joining us today. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org.
Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. And now it's time for this week's My Right Horse, Adoptable Horse of the Week. Well, we have Lauren back with us. She's the stable manager at Lollipop Farm, still my favorite name for a farm ever. And uh, she works with the Humane Society of Greater Rochester, New York, and she is here with our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Now, you were also here last week, and yes, uh, today we're going to be talking about Sammy Joe. But I did want to mention that Sammy Joe also kind of falls in the category of last week's horse, but in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have horses you can ride. So yes. don't worry about that. <laughs> yes. So tell us about Sammy Joe. Oh, Sammy Joe. So he is estimated early 20s. He is a beautiful paint gelding. He's Palomino in white. Um, he came to us a few months ago. He, he had a bad eye infection and his owner didn't have um, the money or the proper place to take care of him. So we were called to pick him up. Um, he did have his left eye removed successfully and he is recovered and ready to find a pasture of his own with a family um who will enjoy his antics. He's a very silly boy um, <laughs> and <laughs> enjoy his beauty. So he is very that's what pretty. We're for. He is. He's a very he pretty Palomino color and almost Palomino paint. You know, he's just got, yeah. he's got more interesting markings. Um, yes, he does. And apparently a lot of personality. Yes. Uh, so when Sammy came to us, he was a little bit underweight um, and wasn't feeling the greatest and it was very quiet. Um, now that he is actually a little overweight, um, he's <laughs> feeling a lot better and he's a good boy. He just has a very silly personality, um, friendly, kind of up in your face, wants to know what you're doing, um, gets along great with the other geldings. He's just he's just overall a good boy. So he'd make a good babysitter? He would. Um, he, like I said, he's good with ground manners, um, you know, just very sweet, gets along with the geldings. Um, he would be a great companion if you had a herd of horses, a herd of geldings. He would do great just fitting right in. And he, and we can't ride him due to arthritis, right? Yeah, so Sammy does have um, a lot of arthritis. We don't have much history. We know that the previous owner did get him out of a Louisiana kill pen. Hmm. Um, so unfortunately, we don't know exactly what went on before he got out of there, but he does have some arthritis. He does well with it. He's very pasture sound, uh, but he shouldn't be ridden anymore. And I, I read in your description too, he has to wear a UV fly mask because of his eyes. Yeah. So with like a lot of paint horses and they have the whites on their face and the pink muzzle, um, it's just best when he's in the sun, just like we would wear sunglasses. He should be having that fly mask on just to prevent sunburn. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Yeah. That's true of a lot of them, right? Yeah. Um, and he yeah. is senior. So, um, and he you is. know, he does not act like it. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, you, he does not act like it. <laughs> and you said he was in his low twenties, you think? That's teeth. what the vet estimates yeah. him to be around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, you would never guess it just by just by seeing him and, you know, his personality. And we'll He's remind everybody We'll remind everybody you're in the Rochester, New York area. So you probably yep. adopt adopt horses out anywhere in New England, right? 
Uh, we do. We yeah. actually will adopt out across the country. Um, that's not a problem as long as the adopter can get them um, transported home. Um, all we ask is to see pictures of your facility, um, fill out an application, and, and adopters really can be from anywhere. And uh, your fee, I don't know that we talked about this last time, it's, it's so reasonable. It's $300. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's minimal. You know, there are it is. there are a lot of them that are a lot more than that. But uh, you're trying to find nice homes for these and uh, not break the bank, too. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have, um, in addition, if you wanted to adopt them, it's 300. Or if you wanted to long-term foster him, we did develop a program called CARE, Compassionate Aid for Retired Equine. So you can long-term foster them as well. So we retain ownership of the horse. But you care for it and pay for it as if it's your own. And then the following year you can submit receipts for everything you spent on that horse and get a tax donation right off. Huh. I didn't know that. That's yeah. kind of cool. That's a yeah. Cool so it's our way of trying to increase, uh, find homes for these older horses. Mm. Can we do that? Had... Can we do that with our older horses? Can... <laughs> <laughs> we have, I think over 10 horses in the program. So wow. it's worked really well. That's a really good idea. Well done. Yeah. I never, I never heard of that one. All right. It's called your care yeah. program. Yep, care program, compassionate aid for retired equine, and it is on our website, lollipop.org. All right, if you want to see Sammy Joe, we'll put a link uh, to him in the show notes. We'll also put his picture there, and it's lollipop.org. And then next week, you said the next couple of weeks. You, and by the way, yes. we are gonna we're rotating uh, the rescues out. The ASPCA is rot- uh, my right horse is rotating the rescues mm-hmm. out once a month. Um, okay. So so you'll be here a couple more times, and then we'll be switching to to a different rescue in a different part of the country. We're trying to cover all parts of the country yeah um, i promise next two weeks we will have two rideable thoroughbreds oh there you about. go perfect that sounds good so, all right well yes. thank you lauren i know you're at the hospital for for one of the ponies so uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so good luck with that <laughs> all right thank you so much guys <laughs> thanks lauren this adoptable horse of the week was brought to you by the aspca and the my right horse initiative visit myrighthorse.org. Well, what a fun program today, Lisa. That was great. That was great. I learned so much. Yeah. I mean, it was fun to hear about Briarfest, which is always a hoot. Uh, yep. And then, you know, you got to meet a fellow author who I think was a little enthralled being that you were hosting today. <laughs> You're kind of a legend in the equestrian author world. There so. you go. But I ordered her book while we were talking. Well, I, there you I go. Just got on Amazon Do you have time to read a lot of books? Well, you know, I'm going to Los Angeles uh, Wednesday morning to the Romance Writers Association Conference. And oh. um, I'm also doing some um, author meet and greets and then um, meeting uh, hopefully some, some people that might might work out for our Celebs with Horses podcast. So oh. long story short, I'm going to have some reading time on the plane. Speaking of Celebs with Horses, we'll have new episodes out for you shortly. Um, we, will. We, we did the we did the trial episode, but now we've got uh, things lined up and and some episodes in the works. So we do. We'll have that. Uh, when you go to a conference like that, do they actually have sessions like best practices for romance writers and stuff? Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah the romance writers thing is is a little different, um, just because a lot of <laughs> a lot of the the authors dress up as their characters, and you know maybe they're so you know, it's like a, cosplay for uh... kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a fun conference. It's like Comic-Con for romance writers? Yeah, kind of. Do you? (laughs) No, you don't. Please tell me you don't. No, I I do not. Well, you could just wear riding breeches and you could be your character. 
I could. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to hold, you know, a candle to that versus, you know, somebody who is is writing a 17th century. In their full um, Victorian gown. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or their suit of armor. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. So, so anyway. I did um, not know this. This is hilarious. Yeah, so I'll have to maybe take some pictures. Yeah, don't, oh, don't, post them in the audit room for sure. <laughs> I <laughs> hey, I want to do one other thing, too. I want to wish my wife a happy anniversary. It was our anniversary yesterday, 35 years. Happy anniversary. Glenn, that's amazing. We were married in 1988. And for that anniversary, we went to see Indiana Jones. Oh, uh, was it good? Uh, it was, well, I thought, you know, it's the fourth week out or something. It yeah. You know, it won't be full, so I didn't buy tickets ahead. And we get to the theater. Now, fortunately, it's one of those theaters with the fully reclining seats, right. the really nice ones. Um, and we get to the theater, and the only thing left is the front row. And really? literally, the screen is above your head. Oh, wow. So the only way we could even see the screen and not get like you throwing up uh, was, but fully reclined. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> and even then, everybody was short and fat because you're looking at them at an angle up. Um, right. So that was interesting, and and it did make me a little queasy at times with all the action in Indiana Jones. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. He's 80 years old, and yeah. and still does that stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's yeah. 80 and, and years old. I saw old. previews. He looks really fit. You know, he does. Now the whole beginning of it. I'm not giving anything away. It's actually in the trailer. Uh, is him as a young person, and that's all like CGI'd, and that's kind of weird. That was just didn't work. Didn't work for us, yeah. especially looking up from the bottom. Um, but then once he got to his current age, uh, but even just all of the stuff he did, and you know, he, he, obviously he wasn't doing the stunts, but he, he, just walking around, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. a, just yeah. everything, uh, remembering wow. lines—that's the other thing. Um, that's the other thing, <clears throat> right? He was great at that. But I would put it as a C. I—it's really? not wasn't the worst Indiana Jones, but it also by far wasn't the best. There are a lot of references to the first one. Okay. And those of you that have seen the first one, we watched it again before we went, and you're going to find a lot of references to the first one, um, which I think was intentional. Yeah, But probably. basic, you know, it's still the basic Indiana Jones. They go to look for something, and there's a bad guy that tries to steal it from them. I mean, that's been every Indiana Jones there's made. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I guess if you like the franchise, you'd like the movie. If you like him, you like the movie. I mean, oh, there you, just, go. you know, okay, because yeah. how can you not? <laughs> so That's it's, true. It's just, That's true. you know, he's he's got the character down. He is that character. Yeah. Uh, and apparently yeah. he's real close to it in real life, too. So, um, <laughs> you know, he's kind of grumpy. <laughs> uh, so yeah. it just works that way. And it was fun popcorn movie to do on, you know, on your anniversary. So that was fun. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you both. That's just a, a real... Huge milestone. Yes. Uh, yeah, That's. I guess there's not a lot of people to make it that far. So. No. <laughs> so here we are. Aren't. We're still yeah. here. And we determined that it was our wood anniversary because we just bought a lot of trees. So, there you go. Apparently, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be jade or something. And we're like, no, it's wood. We're going wood. with wood. Yeah. Yeah. It's our wood yeah. anniversary, which was supposed to close <laughs> this week, by the way. So we're supposed to hear about Congratulations that. Congratulations on that, too. That will be so much fun. I can't wait to follow along. We're going to do a lot There's of a- video for the auditors. So if you want to follow along on our trek to convert this five acres of heavily thick wooded area into a little farm for our retirement, then uh, we'll be posting those in the auditor room. Yeah. Where can people buy all of your books we talked about? You know, either either uh, links are on my website at lisawysaki.com or uh, Amazon is always a good place, amazon.com, uh, Barnes & Noble. I mean, just vir- virtually, as, as Donaldson said, pretty much any of the uh, 
any of the online retailers. That's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us, Auditors Hang On. We will have a post-show for you today. We're going to be talking about the things that non-horse people have asked you and what craziness that ensues. (laughs) 